<laughs> Greetings from Bennettsville in the northeast corner of our state. We want to thank you for showing the video of our ministries back in our ministry to youth in Kimberley. Then we moved to Welcome to the Pines Christian Care Center for Children. Since that video was made, our director, Sally Seafried, has retired and moved back to Colorado. And the Welcome Baptist Church is now working with their the Pines. But they still do use missionaries from the United States to help them from time to time. Otherwise, the church is having a good spiritual input into the lives of the children there. Another thing that we didn't mention in the video is our continued involvement. We continue to teach yearly at Africa for Jesus, the discipleship school there in Kimberley. We really enjoy interacting with and teaching the students that God sends our way each year. I'm sure many people have questions about our health, particularly for Sonia. We appreciate your prayers for her. When we returned from South Africa, we had a big change because the pain that we thought maybe was arthritis turned out from a bone scan in May to be stage four metastatic cancer that had moved into her bones. Uh, in June, the cancer marker uh, registered all over 120. It should be anywhere from zero to 38. But by July, August. August. By August, it had moved down to 48. So we thank the Lord for uh, using the combination of medication and uh, good natural healing aids like uh, good nutrition and lifestyle changes and good exercise. So she is doing quite well. But we do ask that you continue to pray for us for wisdom and the treatments that she'll be following. Meanwhile, we continue ministry. There's ministry everywhere we go in life and we continue ministering. Uh, I've been able to teach several times the Fresh Start Biblical Forgiveness Program to individual ladies as well as to the ladies of our church. Most recently, we've team taught the course to a mother and her adult son. And it's just amazing to us to see how God uses this course to turn people's lives from unforgiveness and bitterness to where they have forgiveness and freedom and peace in their lives. Just recently, another young lady contacted us wanting to take the course with a view that she could eventually teach the course in her area of Pennsylvania. That was exciting to us. The Lord also gives us other counseling opportunities. We're currently doing a premarital counseling course with a young couple in Kimberly. And we always are having questions and counseling opportunities from others in South Africa and here in the States. Please pray with us that uh, Sonia's health will be good enough that we can return to South Africa early of next year. Uh, even if it is the last time, we do need to go back to be able to turn over our courses to a lady there at Africa for Jesus. By the way, she used to be one of our students there. And she's uh, well prepared to take over those courses. And uh, so we do ask that you would pray with us about that. Thank you so much for your continued support and prayers for our ministries. Um, we really missed being with you this last summer, but we're thankful for you. And if you have any questions, we're only a phone call or an email away. Goodbye. Bye. I know. In case you didn't know who that was, that's Sonia and Renee Einfeld. And um, they're in the States because of their of the cancer. So they're ministering in the States at the present time. And uh, I'm sure they hope someday to go back on the field, but don't know if that'll ever be possible. We'll see if that happens. So let's turn in our hymn books to number 42. Hymn number 42, now my mic's on, and filled all my life, oh Lord. You haven't, don't know the name of the song, but you will recognize the, uh, the melody to the song, so. Filled all my life, oh Lord, my God, in every part with praise that my 
Tim, 642, or 56. I have had to rewrite these. They weren't right in the bulletin, in case you're wondering. Sorry. Oh. <laughs> My fault. 656. There's a call comes ringing o'er the restless waves. Send the light. Send the light. Air our souls to this moment as a time of prayer and an opportunity for you to share anything that you would like us to pray for specifically or an item that maybe of answered prayer or praise that you might have, this is your opportunity to do so. 
I think it was a wonderful testimony yesterday of the work of God and John Bovee's life and of his family around him. And it was a wonderful opportunity just to share the love of Christ with those there and share about the love that John had for other people. And I just praise God for uh, his ability to make even the saddest days uh, the most joyous as well. If there's nothing else, let's pray together. Lord God, we just thank you for your continued ministry in our lives, whether we're sad or whether we're happy, whether we know you're with us or whether we don't. God, we thank you for your work in our lives, whether we ask for it or whether we reject it. Um, God, we thank you that you are no respecter of persons, that you don't care whether we're rich or whether we're poor, whether we're smart or not so smart, whether we're healthy or whether we're sick, uh, whether we're popular or whether we're the outcast. Uh, your love uh, does not discriminate in that way, and your compassion is for all those who would seek you, and you say that if we would seek you, we would find you. God, we thank you that you leave the 99 to go after the one. We thank you that... Uh, your compassions fail not, that your yoke is easy and that your burden is light. God, I pray that we would know you more from your word, from the teaching of your word today. We pray that you would bless Billy as he teaches and handles your word, that he would do it diligently and with compassion for you. Um, God, I thank you for souls saved every day. I pray that we would look to be a part of your ministry not just uh, in the mission field, but just right in our homes as well as we love our families and discipline our children, uh, learn to love our neighbors well. In Jesus' name, amen. We're going to have the kids come up and sing, Be a Missionary Every Day. Um, it'll be up here for you to read. And then we're going to sing it a second time, so you can all sing along with us. And we would like you to participate in the clapping and the enthusiasm. So if you want to stand up and do it with them, you can. But we're going to sing that for you. Sunday for the next two Sundays. So you'll get to learn that song really good. 
That's an old song we used to sing, and it's nice to have it come back. Let's stand and sing together, Jesus, only Jesus. I will try. 
Father, thank you. Thank you for the songs we can sing about you and, and to you. Thank you for the opportunity to worship you, not just with song, but with our words and deeds and uh, even our walk and talk, Lord, that it would all be something that would be glorifying to you and a light unto the world. We would want, Lord, that all would come to know you. Help us to be bearers of that message. Even as we talk this month, about what would your mission be. We pray, Lord, that you would guide us and direct us to want to serve, to want to live for you, to want to be missionaries every day. Father, thank you for this opportunity with uh, Billy Witherspoon and You Can Ministries. We pray that, is, that you would give him the message to deliver and you would help him in that delivery. We're grateful for his presence. Uh, we thank you for his willingness to be here. In Christ's name, amen. There are clipboards for all the kids ages 4 to 7. If you come up to the front, I'll give you one. Okay, just so you know, Billy Witherspoon was here this morning for Sunday school and talked about the ministry. He'll also, and his family, be at the dinner afterwards, so you'll have opportunity to talk to him some more. So, I've uh, been praying for your message. Now we'll listen to it. 
Hello. I have um, my wife and family here, uh, six children, so I hear we fit in pretty well here. Um, God bless everybody. Thank you for coming this morning. Um, I know you're here for for church, not necessarily for me, but uh, I'm not even here for me. I'm here for him. So let me start off with a word of prayer over the service, and we'll get it get into it. Lord, thank you. Thank you for this opportunity. Thank you for this day that you've provided. Um, God, I thank you for doing the work uh, through your son, Jesus, on the cross for us to, to be saved and for us to get, get others uh, to the same place, God. Thank you. That, that, that's the ultimate mission. And, and you've sent us all on that mission. So I, I just uh, pray that we all accept that challenge and move forward to doing what it is that we're called to do. In Jesus' name, amen. All right. Well, my name is Billy Witherspoon. I am the assistant director of the UCAN City Mission. The um, UCAN City Mission, for those that don't know, is a homeless shelter for men in Jamestown, New York. Um, I thank you, Cheryl, for getting in contact with us and um, letting us be a part of this exciting month. Uh, September is Missions Month, so that's really awesome. Um, missions are very important to what it is that we do at the UCAN City Mission um, because missions doesn't just mean sending somebody overseas or supporting something going on in some other country. Missions means reaching out. And that's one of the main things that we do um, at the UCAN City Mission is reach out. We love our neighbors. Um, you know, that is, that is, you know, loving God and loving our neighbors is the ultimate mission. So um, today I'm, I'm not a long talker. Well, my wife might beg to differ, but I, um, I'm usually the guy getting like pulled out after church, um, talking to everybody. So, uh, but I'm not a long talker when it comes to standing in front of a whole group of people. So, um, I have a title for this mission, this this message today. Um, it is it's based on. I mean, some some people around my age might know this, but. I will just say the name of it, a mark, a mission, a brand, a scar. Um, so if you know of Dashboard Confessional, it's a group. You don't have to like them or look them up. It just was fitting for the message today. So I'm going to talk about four things that really have impacted me personally um, and why I do what I do at the mission, uh, why, how it relates to the Christian walk every day, and... Uh, <clears throat> You know what we're what we're supposed to be doing, basically. So, um, first off, I will start off by saying um, just thank you again for for allowing me to be here today. This is exciting. Um, I'm glad to to be able to branch out from my normal everyday duties of being in the office and talking to the guys and um, be able to be out talking to you folks. So this is really cool. The first, um, first point I want to talk about is the mark. Um, I believe, and Scripture can back this up, that we are all marked by God, um, but we're marked for something. Some of us know what that is. Um, some of us are pastors, and some of us are you know, teachers, and some of us are, are in our calling. We know what we're called to do. Um, some of us don't. Some of us, like myself, have traveled and, and been different places, um, and then you finally end up in a spot and realize, oh, this is where I'm supposed to be right now. So um, <clears throat> Psalm 138, verse 8 and I'm going to throw some scriptures out there. Feel free to look them up. But um, in, in Psalm 138.8, it's, it basically is saying that the Lord will fulfill his purpose for me. What is that purpose? <laughs> we don't always know that. But his promises 
are yes and amen. So if he promises to fulfill his purpose for us, he will fulfill his purpose for us. Um, another kind of popular uh, scripture that we always cling to regarding different things and different aspects of the Christian walk is Romans 8.28. All things do work together for good for those who are called according to his purpose. We're not here by accident whatsoever, none of us. Uh, we have a Father who loves us, who planned for everything that we go through, everything that we face, that he put us here for a purpose. Proverbs 16.4 says, even the wicked were made for a purpose. What? <laughs> the wicked? Yes, the wicked have their purpose. Everything has its purpose. <clears throat> I will um, tell you a little bit about my story. Um, I grew up in Jamestown. I was born and raised in Jamestown until I was 10. Uh, born to parents who were not married at the time. Um, they were in college doing their thing. And uh, my father was involved in drugs uh, selling drugs, using drugs, all that sort of stuff. Uh, so my mother became a single mother for a couple of years when he went to, to prison. And during that time, um, she sort of returned to church in, you know, in some ways. We, we went sporadically, um, a lot of holidays, obviously, a lot of, you know, different, different special events. But I was able to get into the word uh, a little bit at that time. Fast forward, uh, we moved to California when I was 10 years old because my cousins got a job and moved all the way across the country. Uh, my family was thinking it would be a good, a good fresh start. Um, set my dad ahead to, to do the thing that you're supposed to do, you know, get a job and get an apartment and all that stuff. A couple of weeks before we were to move out there in July, um, None of that stuff was in place because instead of doing that, he fell in with the same crowd, the same type of crowd that he was hanging out with here. Uh, so miracles happened. Um, I'll shorten it by saying that. We were able to get into an apartment. Uh, July 4th, we moved out there and um, got into a <laughs> another miracle. Um, our church in California is called Victory Christian Center. Um, at the time, it was located in Palm Springs, California. And uh, that was a turning point in my life where God became real. Uh, I was 10 years old, exposed to people being the hands and feet of Jesus for really the, the first time that I recognized being so young. But it was very evident. Uh, being the hands and feet of Jesus looked like on Christmas they were out giving away presents to people that couldn't afford presents. Being the hands and feet of Jesus at that time to me meant on Thanksgiving, we were doing a, a community dinner and volunteering to hand out dinners to people that couldn't afford it. And as a 10-year-old, 11-year-old, and growing up, I was exposed to this generosity and this, this you know, level of servant leadership that I wasn't exposed to previously and that I didn't see from even some churches at that time. Um, I began serving at that time and that carried over through the rest of my, well, not the rest, I'm not done yet, I guess, but <laughs> through my life so far. Um, when, we, when I was 17, we ended up moving back to Jamestown. And, you know, 17 years old, and you're trying to think of what you want to do when you grow up and all of that. Mm -hmm. And I didn't know. I still don't know. <laughs> um, I'm just uh, very fortunate that God has blessed me with opportunities and blessed me with, with uh, different avenues to express um, whatever it is that he's put inside of me to express. So I have always worked with kids 
And that was my passion for a really long time, just being involved in anything, working with kids. From the time I was really little, I used to help my mom babysit. I have a younger brother, so I was babysitting him. Um, moved forward to becoming a tutor for, for kids. And then I worked um, at day camps and different things like that. And then I was involved in uh, working at the GA home. I don't know if, how many of you guys might know of the Gustavus Adolphus Children's uh, home. They're closed now as the GA home, but um, that was a, a home for youth that were not doing what they needed to do at the time. Many of them were involved in legal situations, and um, so they went to this place to, you know, some were serving time, basically. Some were sent there uh, due to truancy and different things like that. Um, moving forward, I worked at another facility in Florida. Moving forward, I, you know, worked at various jobs. Along that way, uh, there were deposits made into my life through either the job or just, you know, life lessons that I picked up along the way um, that let me know that God had marked me and, and set me on a path that was going to mean something. Um, I didn't know it at the time exactly, but once I was encouraged by my then girlfriend uh, to accept a position at UCAN. When it came up, I started putting those pieces together, and God really refreshed the fact that, yes, I have put you on a path, and I will fulfill your purpose. Um, I started working at the UCAN City Mission in 2019 as a part-time staff. Um, I was working at another position and uh, just I instantly really, really liked the job. But moreover, I was able to see what God was setting up in some ways as I, as I watched. Uh, the director at the time, or the assistant director at the time, was a friend of mine, and I worked well with him. Um, the director was moving on to another position. My friend was moving up into the executive director position and asked if I wanted to be his assistant director. And I said, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know if I can, if that's for me. Um, I'd like the job, but I, I don't know if that's for me. Again, with some strong encouragement um, from, from Liz. Uh, I accepted the position and I, to think about it today, I almost, I, I almost cry sometimes because the way that God set up the dominoes in my life to lead me to um, this position is nothing that I could have done on my own. He marked me. He set me on a path. He fulfills the purpose. Um, so thank you, God, for that. So that was a little bit about me being marked for where I'm headed and what this service means to me and what this, this position and, and this, mission, <clears throat> this mission means to me. So as, that was the mark. So the mission, as us who, who follow Jesus and are, are claiming that we want to live in God's purpose, what does that actually mean? What does it actually mean to live out God's purpose? We have one main purpose, one main thing that we are created to do. That is commune, fellowship, worship God, love God. Um, but also, Matthew 28, 18 through 20, and I'm sure because this is Missions Month, you probably already knew that, but this might be more of a focus even. Go and make disciples. We are to baptize them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, and we're to teach them to obey God's commandments. 
But that is our, as the church, as his, as his followers, that is what we're to do. That is our job. How we accomplish that is as, as varied as the personalities and the people in this room. What's your mission? That is the question. What is your mission? Yes, it's to love God. Yes, it's to love your neighbor. But what is your mission? Where is God marking you and setting you? What are your interests? I mean, that's the, that's the simple question. We make a lot of things complicated when it comes to not knowing the plans and, you know, where are we supposed to go and, and what does it look like to live God's, you know, live in, live in God's world. But what are your interests? What has he given you that he's put inside of you that he has given you as a, you know, something in your mind that you enjoy and like to do, something in your heart that you've focused on and, and really just sort of liked. That is the main, one of the main things that I can tell anybody um, here, looking for their purpose, looking for their, their place in this world, is to figure out how to use what God has given you that you enjoy, that you like, for his glory. I believe that that's what that's there for, as a guide. And I'll go into a little bit more of that later, but <clears throat> Luke 10, 27. Uh, we are to love the Lord with all of our heart, soul, and strength, and love our neighbor as ourselves. And loving God should flow out of what he has done in us and through us and who he is. You know, that's a big a big reason to love God. We have a lot of reasons to love God, right? Like, he's created everything. He has loved us. He first loved us. Um, so that's the only way that we can love him. But we have, uh, uh, looking around at, you know, the blessings of our families, of our friends, of our, you know, the things, the tangible things that we have in our lives, um, is they're all reasons why we should love and honor God. So I want to go to another scripture here. Um, John 3, 20 and 21. For everyone who does wicked things hates the light. And does not come to the light, lest his works should be exposed. But whoever does what is true comes to the light, so that it may clearly, so that it may be clearly seen that his works have been carried out in God. So when we talk about our mission and all of that, it's as simple as doing. God's works, letting them be exposed to the light, and letting others see us shine. Not for our glory, but for God's glory. Loving our neighbors is the same way, and, it's, and, and loving our neighbors is, is a tough one. Um, in our business, at the, at the mission, uh, we have many types of neighbors um, that come through on a, on a daily basis. And... Um, you know, it is, it is tough to, to accept some of the people that come through as our neighbors um, because of the state that they're in or the things that they're doing or saying, um, but they are our neighbors. So even the unlovable ones, the ones that, you know, are just unbearable, um, we are called to love. And even that should flow out of our desire to please God the love for them, um, because the realization should be is that we could be them. I know as staff at the mission, we always talk about how we are just a couple of catastrophes away from being at the mission ourselves. You know, many of our, um, I shared this in the, 
in Sunday school today, um, many of our guests are just in a really tough spot in their life, whether it's through just the tough upbringing that they've had or some choices that they've made or things outside of their control. So we have a wide variety of people at the mission for various reasons. Um, and some you can look at and guess that they might be homeless. Some of them look like you and I. You would not be able to outwardly tell because they keep themselves taken care of um, or because they've just had something happen to where they are without a home. Loving those neighbors, um, um, I often think of um, the, the various times in the Bible where Jesus has revealed himself or, or disguised himself in different ways or, you know, there's, there's the road to Emmaus and, like, you know, when he's in the garden and, like, all these different things where, you know, he might have appeared as a gardener. <laughs> he might have appeared as, as, you know, somebody that you didn't recognize was him, but he was there. And we could possibly be interacting with somebody that he has set in our path as a measure, a test, to see where our heart really is. Um, you know, I truly believe that there are times when he has tested me and tested my, my words um, so I pray very carefully these days. Uh, I don't pray for patience anymore, that's for sure, because what happens when you pray for patience? <laughs> He's going to give you an opportunity to get that, ta that patience tested. There will be many trials and tribulations which are going to come anyway. Uh, he promised us that. But uh, praying for patience is a dangerous prayer. But I prayed those dangerous prayers in my younger days and... Um, I'm smarter now. So, but um, he's, he's given us opportunities to practice what we preach. And there have been times when I have failed. Um, just being honest, there have been many times when I have failed. I, re I remember specifically there was a, a time when I was at a gas station. And, you know, you feel that Holy Spirit nudge uh, to say something to somebody. And you're like, I don't want to or I'm tired or I just got out of work or the kids just yelled and got me all whatever and I didn't do it and um, that was that's been a turning point that I look back at and and use um, for the next time these come up I failed since then but I keep looking at that time to where like I could have made a difference and you never know you you know so that's one of the things that goes into us at the mission, doing what we do, it's like we have this opportunity where somebody is right here in our face. We are a gospel rescue mission, so we, we have opportunity to speak life, to speak light, to speak Jesus into the hearts of people that are, are with us for however long. And maybe, you know, as, as some people say, maybe we're the only Bible that they've ever been able to, to read. Maybe we're the only Jesus that these people have, have been exposed to. So what are we going to show? Are we going to show them a lazy faith that is too tired because of a long day? Or are we going to show them that we care about them, that we love them just as we love ourselves? Um, that, is, that is a challenge uh, that we try to, we should try to live out daily. A brand. <clears throat> so we had a mark, a mission, a brand. So we show others a lot about us by how we act. But the main thing that 
can turn your mind around and can turn things around to make you like really sense the urgency of, of how we live is to think about whose we are. To, we're showing our neighbors whose we are. Not who we are, but whose we are in the way that we act around them, to them. Um, John 13, 34 and 35. A new commandment I give to you, that you love one another. Just as I have loved you, you also are to love one another. By this, all people will know that you are my disciples if you have love for one another. So within our mission as the church, his body, within our personal missions, it is so important to show love to the people around us, to those that we're, you know, the targets, the focus of our mission. But mostly, it's important to love those that we co-labor with. Um, this body is important. We can't be the hands and feet of Jesus if we are trying to cut off his hands and feet. If we don't get along with those that we are on this mission field with, if we don't get along with those that we are partnering, supposed to be partnering with, to win souls, to love, to display the attributes of God. They will know that we are his disciples by the way that we not love them, by the way that we love each other. That's super important when it comes to working outside of these walls. Um, we have, through the mission, it's even in our name, um, United Christian Advocacy Network is what UCAN stands for. Without that network, without those, those other people that we're reaching out to to help those in need, um, we wouldn't be able to do what we do. And as Christians... Without each other, spurring each other to good works and helping each other when we're down and praying and being there, um, providing that support and that love, we would not be able to accomplish in the, the way that God has set up for us what it is that he's called us to do. Everyone is watching us. That's a tough thing sometimes. Um, you know, I know because you guys are all watching me. So <laughs> every, everyone is watching us. A lot of people are watching us uh, to do what? To point and say, see, see, I told you, they're not who they say they are. They're not what they say they are. Those Christians, those blah, blah, blah. I see that all the time. Even at the mission, when we have to make harsh decisions, um, just like I was explaining in, in the service this morning, um, there are times when we can't allow a gentleman to stay with us due to his behavior, due to, you know, some, you know, whatever he's doing in there that goes against the rules, and we have to ask them to leave. One of the first things that we've heard from many, even if we have a good relationship with them and all this, is, I thought this was a Christian facility. Because Christians are called to love. Love, as we all know, especially those of us that have children, is not always telling somebody what they want to hear. Sometimes love, even the Lord, chastises, disciplines those that he loves. And that has to happen. Um, but if it's out of love, that, that is, you know, the response doesn't matter. I believe that, you know, the issues come in and have come in where as a response to something negative, we might do something negative or perceived as negative and get 
lumped into the same category as those who are not standing with us. We have to make sure that we are sharing the truth, but also sharing the truth in love. Because that's how people will know that we are truly his disciples. Wherever God has placed us, there are advocates and there are adversaries. We just need to recognize that there is a difference and be ready to show his love to both. Ephesians 4, verses 4, or Ephesians 3, pardon me. Ephesians 3, verses 14 through, uh, I might, it might be 14 to 16, but we'll see. Um, this is a, uh, has been made into a, a song recently that is really awesome. Um, it's by Judah. And uh, it's, a, it's a great song, but the prayer itself is, is wonderful. So, for this reason, I bow my knees before the Father, from whom every family in heaven and on earth is named, that according to the riches of his glory, he may grant you to be strengthened with power through his spirit in your inner being, so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith, that you, being rooted and grounded in love, may have strength to comprehend with all the saints that what is the breadth and length and height and depth and to know the love of Christ that surpasses knowledge that you may be filled with all the fullness of God. Now to him who is able to do far more abundantly than all that we ask or think according to the power at work within us, to him be glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations, forever and ever. Amen. Um, we are filled with his power. But we're not filled with his power to just let it sit. We're not filled with his power to just say, cool, God gave me his power. Yay. We're filled with his power for purpose. His power, like, he, he, we are filled and it powers our purpose. A brand, or a mark, a mission, a brand, and now a scar. Um, God has guided us through scars all along the way. So if we even take it back all the way to the garden, um, we failed. <laughs> we failed in the garden. And from then, obviously, we're cursed. Women, thank you for, you know, dealing with everything that comes with that. Men, keep, keep fighting the good fight here. We've, we've got to, you know, this is the way that life is because of that failure. But what happened was that failure provided a scar. So we can look to those scars and say that God is in the midst. That scar is not a mortal wound. He provided a way that even though we have scars, they're overlooked in the light of his beauty, in the light of his mercy and forgiveness. The scars from our past can be guideposts to the mission that we're supposed to be on. Um, a lot of times I have looked at the things that have happened to me in the past through family situations, through um, bad choices that I've made, um, things that have scarred me as guideposts to my mission, my personal mission, to be able to move forward and say, I'm not doing that again. Or that was you know, something that tried to take me out why? Be curious. Why? Um, and then in leaning into those situations and those circumstances, I've been able to discover in my own walk, in my own mission, that a lot of those, those scars and, and the things, the, the wounds that, that happened are 
ways that I can help. I know now what it feels like to be hurt this way. So I can recognize that in somebody else and help to be a healer in that situation. Um, You know, growing up, we didn't, because my mom was basically a single mom, my dad was in and out, um, still running the streets and doing his thing. Um, My mom was a a hardworking woman. I was babysitting a lot. My brother's eight and a half years younger than me. So I was able to, you know, get him after school and watch watch him. Um, We received a lot of help, you know, through services, um, through, like I said, God has performed so many financial miracles and just miracles on people's hearts um, to to give and to to bless us in different ways. Um, One of the ways that I knew that I was on mission in my life was the joy that I receive from helping others when I was able to help, when I was able to give. Um, in, my, in my work, in my walk, um, when I'm able to reach out and talk and be that listening ear for people who've never had one. Um, that's, how I, that's how I'm guided by the scars in my past and I'm able to, to help um, those in need. We, like I said, grow, you know, we would do these dinners at church growing up when I was younger. And the, the, joy, as, the joy of a, of a kid being able to help adults feed their families just by giving them something or just helping them and just being there facilitating um, has translated to me being an adult, now being able, in my mission, literally and figuratively, I guess, um, to see and recognize that putting a smile on somebody's face through service, through works, um, through the things that God has asked us to do is something that I don't want to miss. I love doing it. I love the opportunities that he provides. Um, I was telling them this morning that we recently had a man who We've had in the mission several times. He just wasn't able to get to a point to put the bottle down. He wasn't able to get to a space where he was able to, uh, to, to say that he wanted help. He recently did. We were able to get him into a treatment center, and he has the opportunity now to have the life that he's never had. That's, my, that's something that personally motivates me. Um, that, those are based on my scars and where I've come from and how I'm able to look at how God has orchestrated things. So um, our scars are supposed to point others to Jesus because his scars pointed to God. So what he used his scars for, we're supposed to use those scars to point us to point others to Jesus. They have stories. And nothing is wasted. Nothing is wasted. You may have had a time in your life where you ran from God. That's going to come up in your service, in your mission to help others. You may have had a time when you didn't believe in God at all. And now you do. He's going to use that for His glory when you decide to say yes. So... Once again, scars mean that you've been hurt, but they also mean that he has healed you. My challenge moving forward, and I'm almost, I'm just about done. So my challenge moving forward um, with this missions month, as you think about missions, as you think about where you fit in and where you can help, is to be still. Think Um, Think about your life. Think about where he's brought you from. Think about what you're interested in and how he has created you and how you can funnel that into your personal mission. Be listening because he's willing to talk. He's willing to direct us when we're listening. Be willing to do what it is that he has called you to do when he finally reveals it to you. 
and also be his hands and feet. We are here to be the hands and feet of Jesus and to do even greater works than what he accomplished. I believe we do that by working together, and I believe we do that by working for his glory. And uh, thank you very much for your time this morning. God bless you in your missions month. God bless you as you move forward as a congregation. And thank you very much. Turn your hymn books to page 802. Page 802. It's not a very long song, but it goes to our missions theme. What's your mission? And to do that, we need to be vessels that the Master can use. And the song is Vessels for the Master's Use. Let's sing, let's stand and sing this song together. Vessels for the Master's Use. Flowing hearts are glowing, showing Christ to those who do not know Him. Sanctified and holy, yielded to Him only, vessels for the Master's use. Oh, make my life a blessing, Lord. May it stand Thy testing, Lord. Fill hearts aglow and showing Christ to those who do not know him. Sanctified and holy, yield him to him only vessels for the master's use. Gracious Father, we're grateful for your love for us. We're grateful for the work you do in our life through your word. Thank you for the message today. Use it to move us to look and see, Lord, what do you want us to do for you? What would be our mission as we serve you? That we might truly bring glory and honor to you in our life, moment by moment with all that we do, and we would praise you for it in Christ's name. Amen. Remember, there's fellowship dinner. You're all welcome. There'll be plenty of food. And Billy will be here with his family. Providing